Um, hi everyone and welcome to uh, the latest episode of the Issue Sports Business Podcast. Um, hope everyone's good. I'm here with Paul. Paul, you want to introduce yourself and all that? Hi guys, um, nice to be back on the ASU podcast. It's yeah. been a while. Hope you're all safe and keeping well in these uh, in these times. Yeah, it has been a while. And yeah, you're right. Like we are doing this remotely. <laughs> Usually we link up to do or doing this remotely. But um yeah, it's um fascinating times. We just hope everyone is safe. Um staying at home, social distancing or whatever the the, the rules are in the country that you're listening that you're listening from. But hope everyone's good. Um, and yeah, needless to say that uh, in this episode, we will be uh, talking a bit about obviously coronavirus and the impacts um, it's had on sports, but obviously wider than that, because this is a this is a real epidemic pandemic um, going on. But um, but yeah, but Paul, how are you, how are you coping for everything? I mean, it's been an adjustment for me. I'm sure it's been the same for everyone else yeah. um, working from home. In terms of workflow, it hasn't changed too much, but um, obviously the way we work and the way we interact with other businesses in terms of where our work is, is has changed. Yeah. has changed a lot. A lot of conference calls, obviously. Um, in terms of business also, it's actually had a huge impact on business. I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it. What about you, Gabriel? No, likewise, you know. Um, it's literally working from home and just adjusting to all these conference calls, I think, to be fair, I think well, where I am um, in our department, it's not too bad because we're quite flexible in terms of working from home or people out of the office. But um, yeah, I think not everyone is used to that. And even as so, yeah, some of like decision makers aren't quite used to it. So but yeah. everyone has to adjust accordingly because it could be like this for a while still. Yeah, yeah. I, think, like I think I've got a couple more months. Yeah. And like no one really knows the exact numbers for... Um, of the cases or confirmed cases and people test them positive and whatnot. So, yeah, it's all, it's all, um, it's all unknown at the moment, but I'm sure it will be well. Um, and also, Paul, how are you, how are you coping about the uh, lack of sports? Well, it's been, uh, do you know what? <laughs> My coping mechanism has actually been watching a lot of old sport. Yeah, the archives have been opened up. I'm sure we're all doing the same, you know, best of... You know, best goals of 2005, 2006 season or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. That's what I've kind of resorted to doing, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, likewise. Um, yeah. <laughs> I watched, like, I watched actually the um, FIFA 2018 film yesterday. Okay. It was actually yeah, quite yeah. All good, you know. Anyone listening, go and look at that. It's on YouTube. It's free. Like, it's actually quite good. And that World Cup was actually really, really good, you know. Really good. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, I think we're going to be doing that for, for a while. For a while. So. I mean, the other thing is, if you do want to watch, um, you know, live football, as it were, I think the only league, one of the only leagues worldwide anyway, to, to be playing football is the Belarusian League. Yeah, you're so, right. Um, <laughs> so if anyone does, you know, is desperate, then there is that. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's interested, if anyone wants to do some scouting missions or anything like that, then yeah, you can watch the Belarusian League. Um I don't, I, don't even know, I don't even know where you can watch it. Is it YouTube? No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. No idea, mate. Yeah, but no um, there you go. But I think in general, though, talking about sports that's going on, quite a few of the... Because uh, this year was a big year in general, like yeah. globally for sports. We've got uh, the Chan tournament taking place in, in Africa in April. We've got Euros. 
We've got the Olympics. Uh, yeah. So many. Oh, we had. <laughs> yeah, we had, should I say. Even like domestic um, Champions League in both Chan and Europe. All yeah. the European African competitions, they've been written off. Like, I don't... I think at first, to be fair, obviously coronavirus, but I didn't imagine it would be this serious in terms of... I don't think any of us saw it coming. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I also think, and to be honest with you, I think as well, maybe the sporting organisations maybe haven't realised how big it is, but when you have governments locking down everything, that puts enormous pressure um, on government bodies. Even like Tokyo, for example, right? Uh, they were, before they announced it, I think I read an article maybe two weeks before about um, them saying, nope, the Olympics will yeah. go ahead. We've got everything. Yeah, they were adamant it would go ahead, yeah. 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 And then you start getting uh, national governing bodies and players saying they want to attend, like Canada, um, a few other countries saying they want to attend. So it's like, well, okay, it's putting pressure yeah. on them now. Exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, it's all, it's all, uh, yeah, so it's all sort of, a bit yeah. on yeah, so I think what we've also, I mean, I think with the Euros, for example, that's definitely been pushed to 2021 yeah. for now. Yeah. I think the same will happen with the Tokyo Olympics. Mm-hmm. The um, CAF have pushed back as well to 2021. Yeah. So, yeah. so 2021 now is going to be the big year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. and I think also it's going to be very interesting, though. 2021 is going to be a big year. This year has, it's not void yet, but just for major tournaments. But I, I wonder how that will impact, of course, moving everything to next year. Because even for example, I think next year was meant to be, um, like in Europe, the Women's World Cup. Um, right. And I think FIFA were planning to do their FIFA Club World Tournament where it had like 24 teams across the summer. But now this knock-on effect is going to have to, I'm sure everyone or the relevant people at these organisations are looking through their schedules and seeing how are we going to be able to fit this in and make yeah. it work. I think so. So I think there's going to be a cluster of events. I mm. think, um, I mean, there's, 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 a so, there's such a big knock-on effect here because, um, I mean, one of the interesting things for me, from my perspective, is contractual situation, for example. Yeah. So in the, way, in, the, in the midst of Euro 2020 and Tokyo 2020, what would have happened is we'd have had a lot of athletes and businesses sign up essentially for sponsorships because of the this tournament and now obviously it's been pushed back what happens to those agreements are they still yeah. valid yeah um yeah do they still you know do they still hold weight mm. and even just taking it uh, taking it back a bit in terms of seasons being postponed for example players contracts are usually till the end of june or the beginning of july yeah. what happens to players who are say out of contracts mm. from july mm. and how are clubs governing body's gonna gonna deal with this yeah yeah i had this i had this exact same conversation with somebody yesterday regarding what you just mentioned about they have a player at a certain club they, they don't know at the moment what's what's going to be like or what they can do are fifa yeah. going to be not like a gentleman's agreement but just be like a yeah i guess per se a gentleman's agreement just be like okay any players any player whose contract was meant to end at the end of this season it will just end at the end of the following season um but even <clears> as you said okay if, for example, I had my contract ending in May or June this year, but it gets pushed back to um, September, for my next yeah. contract, is it going to run from September to September or September to when the next, the end of the following season? Who knows when that will be, you know? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of financial consequences. If, I mean, I, I don't know what the situation is at the moment. I don't know if you do, Gabriel, but do you think they're going to end the season? Do you think they're going <laughs> to... 
carry on with the season because I've heard, for example, if the season isn't completed, yeah. then clubs may have to give back some of the revenue money that they've yeah. been allocated, yeah. which is going to be very difficult to, to do. I feel, again, I was having this conversation yesterday, I feel, uh, I really don't know, maybe push comes to shove, I think everyone is still, I say everyone, not even just in Europe, but in Africa, every continent across the world, that people want to see the end of their domestic leagues, for sure. Uh, right. Maybe the continental competitions maybe will be cancelled uh, because what's paramount is the domestic leagues. But in right. saying that, right now, that's fine. But if you do think about that, then you have to think about, okay, financially, will certain clubs be able to last um, if there are no competitions and games? I think they can, but the question is, again, how long does that go on for? Because no one knows when things can resume. If it's for another month or two, maybe. If it's from now until September, I don't know if certain clubs, maybe not your top, top ones, but ones maybe lower down the pyramid, will be able to survive if that is the case. Um, well, it's interesting you say that because I've, you know some clubs have actually sacked players already. Yeah. Um, just because they're not able to to, to keep up, which yeah. is yeah. which is interesting. So I think uh, I mean a, a club in Switzerland, Sion, yeah. sacked nine players. I think Alex Song was. Yeah. And your yeah. Yeah, and your Hanjuru were were a couple of those casualties. So I mean, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting. But I definitely feel that. Um, I think this. I think post this coronavirus situation, um, sport. Maybe people will be like, "Oh, game, chill out. It's not. It's not. It's not that big a deal." <laughs> but I think for sure, sports and business and the wider world in general will, will not be the same in terms of how how things operate. Because yeah, this has been such an impact. It's definitely going to cause organisations to think about maybe how they 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 structure their finances, how they're pay their athletes or their players um, yeah. even like athletes leading up to Olympics it's like you train for so long with uncertainty and now you have a regime a schedule that you're training towards these big events and now that's just out of the window out of the window out yeah the window. Do, you, do you think it will teach sport in general do you think they can now mitigate for something like this happening again or I mean what, what lessons do you think can be learned hmm <sighs> Okay, I think the, I think they'll be able to to a certain degree, right? Um, these things will happen few and far between, but it's good to be prepared. Um, I don't know, maybe contingency, maybe, for example, um, I don't know, like a fund, maybe, like a crisis fund. If something happens, something disastrous happens, um, yeah. and these can be evenly allocated to certain clubs in need. So maybe a percentage, clubs, and maybe governing bodies, or maybe even athletes, if you think about, um, individual sports like the Olympics and tennis or whatnot, maybe they put some money to a fund, and in terms of a crisis, then money is then again um, a- attributed and distributed out to clubs and athletes most in need. I, I guess to actually maybe so for example with like Common Goal, we're, we're both very aware about Common Goal what they do. Um, yeah. When matter was their first player, it's one percent of their wages goes into a fund that helps to support um, CSI activities or not for profitable organisations in sports. So similar could be done in terms of, okay, let's have a fund apart where, I don't know, Premier League, CAF, um, top organisations and clubs maybe put some money into. And in terms of a crisis, then if people need that, then it can be distributed out again to maybe help them. 
Uh, it could be a way, another way could be um, similar to the NFL, you know, because the NFL, they only get paid, um, NFL players only get paid by the teams during the season. During the off-season, I think the NFL have like a fund where they pay players a certain amount, but it's not as much as during the season. So it could be that, for example, players get played during the season and then outside of the season, maybe the governing body helps to you know, keep the income coming for players, but it's just not in the clubs. So that way, when there is no action taking place, there is no no outgoing, no expenditure for the club, so they can at least keep that money and allocate it uh, accordingly. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a pretty good idea. So during the season when, you know, we are genera- generating revenue, rather, yeah. you know, we can afford to pay, but during periods where we're not generating revenue, perhaps something should be put in place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's just my thoughts went off the head. But again, it's just so it's so unprecedented, man. No one really knows what's happening. They can't really predict too far into the future because things will just could just change easily. But we shall see. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, and I think, but as you even mentioned, archive is um, there's a lot of organisations and even people going through their archives, um, yeah. scrolling through uh, content. Uh, in general, have you found any? I know you said you're watching quite a lot of like sports wise and football, but have you found any or watched some that were like, oh no, this is actually very good? Or is it just my United games? <laughs> no, no, to be fair, it's kind of Champions League, mm. Premier League. But just on the point of, of that you just mentioned on archives, I, I mean, one of the projects that I currently work on, I, I found that um, the client that we're working with. They're currently looking through their archives, their image bank, as they call it. Yeah. And they're currently, it's, it's a football club, a well-known football club. And they're trying to repackage, essentially, all their old archives. Yeah. Because that, what they can do, you know, they can't create new content with yeah. um, with their players, with the with the, at the training ground. Everything kind of has to be old and they're trying to repackage that. Yeah. So that's just kind of some of the challenges that these sporting organisations yeah. are currently going yeah. through. Yeah, you're right. And I, I don't mean to be... In saying this, I don't mean to take away what's actually going on because obviously the the health of people is of the utmost importance. But you see some organisations and clubs and governing bodies being very innovative in terms of engaging more with their audience because they know people at home, sports does bring like a relief, you know, like an escape for people just in terms of enjoyment. It's a form of entertainment for people. Of course. Of course, there's no live games playing, but there are still organizations out there being creative in engaging with their fans so if it's like even on twitter just being more conversational more asking questions when was your favorite so and so who scored your favorite exactly Um, exactly things like that so there are ways to engage and get back to base maybe with your audience um and then go from there um yeah so yeah i think i think that i mean football's the one thing about football is it's quite disuniting. Yeah. Whether we whether we both hate a team, whether we love a team, it kind of brings us all together as a talking point. Mm. And now more than ever, it's kind of it's a good time for clubs to kind of to to lean in on this and, and not to be you know like you say crude, but to, to take advantage yeah. of, of this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I agree. Even in terms of <clears throat> as I mentioned, you know, reaching out to your audience and whatnot, but literally. Because you and I both know, I think in terms of these do good and CSR and charitable uh, partners that maybe 
or campaigns that organizations embark upon maybe it could just be seen as like a tick box exercise and then maybe they don't really keep up yeah. to date with the kpis or there or the impact of that it's having but exactly. i think quite a few clubs that i've seen are actually um engaging with local communities that actually help um the local community during this time so for example you've got liverpool who are partnering with local charities and food banks giving out food You've got Everton, for example, who have uh, been calling fans who they know have been maybe tested positive or family members who tested positive. You had Carla Ancelotti calling fans. You had Moise Keane calling fans, um, Michael Keane. So things like that, just to... I know sport is so important, but at a time like this, you can still use your sporting sporting entity, your sporting brand to actually engage and, and build and grow um, with the communities. Um, Exactly. I mean, just to add to that, I mean, it is good to see, you know, the sporting brands using this opportunity to do genuine work and be mm. of genuine benefit for the community. Yeah. And I imagine Manchester City have now donated or given it Etihad to the NHS to use as they please during this pandemic. So it, yeah. it is good to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, oof, the name of the club has just eluded me. But in Lagos State, they have built a, uh, like a mobile... It's like a tent canopy, like a kind of not a hospital, but just to check people over out in a football stadium. Uh, that has eluded my mind now. But I think know, in it, a hundred and ten beds, maybe. Yeah, I think I think I did see it. Yeah, but yeah, like in Nigeria, yeah, they're using their football stadium there to help to help with this whole crisis, and it's just it's just it's just really good. We've seen players already, as you mentioned, some have maybe refused to do so with the team um, FC Sion, but we've seen players and organisations now are taking a wage cut to help ease the finances of the club or even to just put their funds into, into something else. So, yes, we shall see. And even again, actually, talking about audience and engagement, I know from, and I'm sure you'll be aware too, like speaking with clubs in Africa about, yeah, the Premier League is so big, it's so huge, which is understandable. But now, especially for them, if they, this is an opportunity for them to engage with their local fan base, you know, and get yeah and get attention from them and engage with them so that it lasts yeah. beyond this coronavirus you know so there are opportunities there if they have things in place um exactly. of course like a media crm department to actually engage and come up with a strategy to engage with their local local um local fan base but i mean i think it'd be particularly good for maybe i mean you know for the african kind of leagues and governing bodies to maybe focus on this the thing with the Premier League is it, it's such a it's well known it's yeah. massive if they did nothing as, as soon as the Premier League resumed I, I don't think they'd struggle to yeah our eyes back mm-hmm. essentially but I think it's an opportunity for you know maybe lesser known leagues to to take the opportunity if they have the resources of course yeah. to you know to take advantage yeah 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 because um, even because I know CAF I was reading this statement um, when it came out that, yeah, of, of course now they've suspended and put a halt to all to all things. But at the start of the month, it was still, hmm, okay, could it could it still go on? Because at the start of the month, Africa, of all the continents, has been the least infected so far. Well, what's today's date? Today is... Um, Today's the 29th, I believe. 29th, yeah. So as of the 29th of March, um, Africa's been the least infected of, of all the continents for corona. And so CAF were like monitoring it, but now they have said, okay, we've suspended all um, activities. But even still, it's an opportunity, as you just mentioned, for them to um, 
yeah, to reach out to maybe take stock in a few things and see how they can engage with their community and just get some, some things in order, you know? Yeah, indeed, indeed. I mean, so, I mean, worldwide we've seen most leagues and governing bodies say everything is shut down for now, but yeah. interestingly enough, I was reading the NFL, which um, they have their draft every year, as of the 28th, they've said the NFL draft will go ahead as scheduled. Um, so it's scheduled to take place on the 23rd to the 25th of April. And uh, the NFL commissioner said, you know, the, the public health conditions are uncertain, but they still plan to go ahead, which is which is um, hmm. surprising. Yeah. Um, I'm not too sure. I think maybe the US are probably behind in terms of where they are with coronavirus yeah. compared to Europe. But um, I, I would have thought that this isn't going to happen, to be totally honest with you, but yeah. uh, we'll see. That'll be very interesting. I think maybe, as you're, I think you're right. Maybe as time gets closer, they'll realise that maybe to them they can still pull it off, but maybe just because of outside pressures, they'll be like, no. <laughs> but maybe yeah. they can still go ahead. It could just be... No, nah, I don't know how that'll work, even like online or virtual, to be fair. Because how yeah. the media works, they have every, it's a big do. How players come, wear their jerseys and that stuff. So Exactly, exactly. I mean... I think it's tough. I, I feel like a lot of these uh, sporting organisations have had their hand forced, essentially. I think a lot of them would have liked to continue, yeah. but under the perception of if they were to continue, kind of they'd be branded irresponsible or, you know, just yeah. money grabbing. But, uh, and, well, the NFL, you know, is quite controversial in itself, but mm. <laughs> seems to be quite headstrong in their ways for now. So, yeah, like you say, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, man. Very, very interesting times. Um, but yeah, let's take a little break and then we'll come back and talk some more about what's going on in sports. <laughs> Sweet. Hey, guys, welcome back. Um, hope you enjoyed what you listened to so far. And yeah, we're about to get into more detail about just how sports looks like, you know, in this climate. Because as we've mentioned already, it's just unprecedented times, but we just have to do what we can do too. And I think it's times like these that we realise that um, sport isn't, um, what's that word? Isn't like separate from the world, you know? <laughs> it's not, no. It's very much suffers from yeah. the same effects yeah. as the rest of us. Yeah. Because I think there's so, it's so often where there is like a war or something going on that sports comes in and brings people together and all that stuff, you know? But it's, now it's like, okay, sport, you're not exempt from this. Everyone is... No, everyone is, is suffering, yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah. being put to a halt. No sports carrying on. Mm. So, yeah. And I, and I guess we touched on it previously a little bit regarding um, how maybe... how you'll mitigate things moving forward. But we, yes. just, we can't deny at all about um, the economic impact um, of this on organisations... Um, and moving forward, because even before I mentioned yeah. about how, for example, Juventus um, and if yeah, Juventus are going to be taking a salary cut for the months from I think the first quarter, uh, or maybe the first two quarters of the year anyway. But that's just basically they'll they'll get it back once things resume anyway. So it's like how well we're not privy to well, I'm not privy to Juventus cash flow, but it's how how would they manage to to do that and still keep things going well, um, if that makes yeah. sense, you know? Because it's not like it's been written off. No, they're still going to get paid four months' worth wages. And I read, I think that's like 90, comes out to like 90 million or so. 
So yeah, there are huge economic impacts, and it's like, how are these guys going to adjust and cope? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so on the other side of things, for example, you've had Puma, Nike, Adidas all shut down their stores, yeah. and they've obviously those companies have actually some of them had to lay off people, and they're basically selling about ten percent of what they usually sell, mm. which is a huge decrease in cash flow for them. And it's gone on to affect kind of everything else. So those these sporting brands that I've just mentioned, they obviously have deals with, with the big clubs, with Juventus, with AC Milan, with uh, all the clubs around the world, right? So, for example, the coronavirus shut down a lot of their factories yep. in China. So now in terms of getting supply to these clubs, ah. they can't get supply to these clubs. So these clubs can't actually even sell merchandise anymore yep. because, you know, it's their revenues, the factories have been affected, so it affects everyone kind of yeah. in, in, every single, in every which way. So it's just kind of understanding how these clubs are going to survive without the, these cash flows coming in. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, I didn't even think about, about that yeah. the merchandise. That's a very good point. So I, I know there's a club who have, who have basically, they're not able to get their new kit on time because of the factories shutting down. Mm. It, um in China so it's, it's going to be delayed and this you know the new kits every year is are a big revenue generator yeah yeah so. yeah that's a good point and yeah because so, yeah. I was just thinking about that's a good point I was thinking about sponsorships and you know how that would be impacting but even merchandise from yeah. the whole cycle from production to stocking it in the stores yeah yeah that's going to be impacted big time yeah. With the, with the sponsorship, yeah. most most companies have put everything on hold, and you know, rightfully so. They they don't know, you know, mm. like we just said, where the money's going to come from. So most companies that you know that I've been in contact with with my with my work, a lot of them have said, you know, can we put everything on hold and yeah. maybe resume a couple more months when we have a bit more clarity? Yeah, yeah. But the thing I was listening to a um, a podcast yesterday. And it was an organized, a football club in the Gambia, I believe. So they just signed a new sponsorship, a five-year deal. But obviously, it gets paid on. Um, so year one, X amount is allocated to year one, etc. So it's done like that. Yeah. But now the owner is saying, year one is supposed to run from, from for example, let's say January 2020 to January 21. <clears throat> now, is the budget that was supposed to be allocated for January 2020, for this year one, without run over? Or would it come to an end and then basically they'll miss out on allocating that money, if that makes sense? So they're, they're like in to, a conundrum. You know? Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to figure it out. I yeah. mean, because again, with some of the things um, that, that I just happened to, to come across is that, for example, you met, people may have signed a deal or, you know, just started a deal, come into agreement with a deal. Yeah. Because of kind of the... I'd say goodwill and understanding that we all have, that we're all in an uncertain situation. A lot of companies, if they are, you know, obliged to sign, if they are in a sponsorship agreement, they've agreed that maybe they can push back the start date yeah, just yeah. because, you know, they would like the deal to still go ahead. Yeah. But right now it's kind of unclear. So, for example, with that deal you mentioned, I think a good maybe, a good compromise would be maybe pushing the deal back to say, if you said January 2020, yeah. to say... April, March, so March or April 2020, for example, just to give, you know, mm. the sponsor a bit of yeah. breathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And especially at this time as well, because of the uncertainty, um, a lot of organisations and businesses in sport, outside sport, they're pushing for cash flow. Yeah, exactly. They are pushing exactly. for cash flow. So even where I am, it's a lot of... Um, yeah, it's a lot of uncertainty. And if we're trying to, as you mentioned, get in new deals over the line or where we're far down the line in negotiations, it's like, in terms of business, everything is just on hold at the moment because yeah. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know the business of the client or the sponsor. They're on hold because they don't know what's going on. So it's just brought like a halt to, to much things. And obviously, in your forecasting about your quarters and when you're going to allocate money, etc., it's difficult to do so. With no, very difficult. Going but yet you still have, your expenditure is still the same, maybe even more, who knows? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's about how to, how, how would I, being a, a leader in an organization, how do I try and minimize the impact, impact of this? And um, yeah, that's a tough decision, man. Yes, I mean, it is a very tough decision. And ultimately, you know, companies will look at their, their costs, they'll cut down on certain things, yeah. whether it's silly things in the office, yeah. flowers or whatever. But ultimately, it gets as serious as yeah. letting, letting the workforce go because, yeah. you know, those are a big cost to, to any business. Yeah, and that's why, maybe I said this before, so forgive me if I repeat myself, but the conversation of in, in sports about should we end seasons and make it void, I mean, you can do, but the fact of the matter is people or athletes or players will still need to get paid whether the season is void or not and until until we know when the season can be up and running making a season void or or not yeah i mean you can do that but the real issue is not being tackled because no one knows when things can be back on its feet again again it leaves just lots of legal implications if you were to void a season for example i you, we both know players have kind of um, performance-led yeah. contracts. So for example, if you score 20 goals, then you're you're going to make this amount. If you score 25, you're going to make this amount. Yeah. Now, if you were to avoid the season, you stop the player yeah. from from being able to reach those goals, essentially. Yeah. Or if the player's already reached those goals but the season ends, you know, do mm. you have to pay? Like, how, how do you deal with all of these issues? So. Yeah. Avoiding the season, I, I don't think it's a good route to, to go down. I have I have heard maybe perhaps avoiding the next season, which is also an interesting concept. Yeah, so yeah. You know, yeah. allowing the season to play out, take as long as it get as, as you need, and then avoiding yeah. the next season. Especially as well because the next World Cup is going to be in winter, so there have been talks about maybe either avoiding next season or just starting winter. So at least we can acclimatise to maybe what the UK acclimatise yeah. to a to a World Cup that's taking place in November, December times. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And, and even on, and even on the on the flip of that, looking from an athlete's perspective, um, of course, the Olympics was coming up. Now that's been cancelled. It's like for all these athletes, of course, they they get some funding from. Well, if you've been if you've done well, you get funding from your national government body. But it's very individual. So if you're aligned yeah. with sponsors. Uh, or getting some sort of um, bonus, so to say, for hitting your target or getting a certain medal yeah. or whatnot, then that's going to be delayed for another another year or so. And and yeah. for athletes, it is quite tough because it's very tough out there. A lot, a lot of people tough, they they will be doing, or yeah. maybe they have something else now. But I think it's, it's an adjustment period for for everyone, and you yeah. know, everyone's differently, some more than others. But 
I mean, we're, we're, we're all in it together. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, man, it's tough times, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, another, another area that I saw you talking about economic impact is actually in sports betting. Well, I forgot the podcast that we've done, but if you go through the archives, guys, you'll be able to see a podcast that we've done on sports betting. Um, but yeah, that's a huge market in East Africa. Um, but Massive. now, as there is no live games to bet on, the market has... 90% of the market is just gone, gone. just like that. Gone. gone. I mean, I, I think East Africa, I mean, when we did our podcast, East Africa and West Africa were kind of the biggest markets. Yeah. And, um, yeah, 90% of the East African market, I think, or 99% actually, is is gone. Completely. Which is, uh, well, which to some, some may say that's a good thing, Gabriel. Yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I've been reading <clears> up on it and people have been like, even people, like local punters, they're like, well, I haven't been going anymore, so I'm just, it's good for me because I'm saving more money, I've got more money in my yeah, pocket. Um, exactly. And of course, that is more of an ethical issue. Some people be like, look, this is good. <laughs> um, because people aren't gambling, it's young young people who have disposable income to try and earn more who are on employment so this could be a way for them to maybe minimize the issues of gambling and the addiction um but as a market and, and let's be yeah let's be frank i mean we have ethical people have ethical questions about about gambling in that market but it contributes hugely to the global sports market of course. Even from China coming to Europe, Africa coming of to course. Europe, Africa within Africa, it's huge. So that market I mean, in general will have, will have such a domino effect to the sports in general and clubs. Of course, yeah. I mean, so sports betting companies worldwide um, are suffering right now, yeah. obviously. Their, their, their products, their assets have totally gone. Mm. Um, I mean, if we go, in terms of the East African gambling sales going down. It's interesting because it comes at a time where I believe Everton are going to end their sponsorship yeah. with Sport Pesa. Yeah. You know, Sport Pesa actually stopped operating in Kenya, yeah. I believe, because of the increased taxes. So, I mean, sports betting in general suffered, but I think the African sports betting industry has, yeah. has suffered even more. Yeah. Sport Pesa, it seems, being one of the more, yeah, one of the biggest needed, victims, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what do you think about the, firstly, the Everton and the, the Sports Pass uh, agreement ending? <sighs> um, I, when I saw the announcement, I was, I was surprised because it ended soon. Um, people say, oh, it was more strategic because um, Everton wanted to go in a different way. Yeah. Different, go down a different route. Or could yeah. be the fact that of the higher increase in... In, in tax from Kenya that sports person have decided to just pull away but I was surprised um, I think as a brand a known brand from Africa on a global scale um, yes it's it would be good to have that visibility um, and just a bigger market but from speaking yeah. to people and in terms of the day-to-day dealings of the organization and actually the impact that it has on people then they're like, this is, this is, this is a good thing. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's a point you make because I think, yeah, I mean, an African brand on a, mm. on a club, you know, it gets global, 
global awareness, global reach, I think is actually great. But like you say, maybe the the on the ground effects of sport pass up, you know. Yeah. It would be interesting actually to see what other properties they invest in. Because even they they, they own a, a F1 Formula team. But even they've pulled out of that now. So it'll be interesting to see their, their strategy moving forward, actually. Are they actually looking to sports still? Uh, sports yeah. properties to invest in or maybe sport organisations? Because they used to run and put a lot of money into the local leagues, in, especially in Kenya, Tanzania, yeah. and Uganda too. So what's, how are those going to look like? Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, they haven't I mean, no moves yet, but yeah, we shall see what they do next. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, going slightly off topic here, Gabriel, I hope you don't mind. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, Everton, Everton said they want to go in a, in a slightly different direction. Yeah. And I think what they're trying to say here is essentially they want to go away from betting. So yeah. I don't think they'd, they'd, they'd go to another betting company. Yeah. But I mean, just on this ethical issue, we've even seen a lot of news and kind of pressure saying football clubs should go, should go away from from yeah. betting companies mm-hmm. but my honest take is I don't really but I don't think football can survive without these betting companies a lot of the clubs have said these companies they pay double as much as any other company which is why the kind of rife in sport I believe it's yeah. like 17 out of 24 championship clubs have a sports gambling sponsor yeah. I think in the Premier League the number's quite high also yeah. yeah I just I don't really see how sport would survive I agree with you, you know, um, and it's, yeah, this could be, you could boil it simply down to commercial to ethical. I mean, ethically, um, is it right to encourage gambling? I know they try to put on some, um, some regulations regarding, okay, you can't maybe, ga- I mean, advertise on social media, you can't advertise past a certain time, so it's not yes, just for young people, but still, exactly. it has, people still have their ethical questions around gambling. But yeah. are you, are you going to go with that? Or are you going to go with, okay, this is how much it brings in? Being someone who works within the sporting organisation, maybe not so much grassroots or CSR, but you're in there to make a profit commercially. If exactly. you can get a deal that would surpass your target or you will see that you're able to do X, Y, Z because of that and the opportunities that brings, uh, or rather, okay, because ethically you may not do that and miss out on so much money, etc., etc. I mean... That's a that's a that's a that's a tough decision. It's a tough decision to make. It's a tough decision to make, but I just don't blame the clubs. I mean, the money that they get from these companies essentially helps them with their cash flow, helps them yeah. with paying players, with buying new players. Yeah. And so, I just find you know I'd find it very difficult I with agree. that to see how the football world would operate without without these companies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, is this, is that the right term? Less of two evils? Maybe not. Yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah, maybe I think, I think you're right. Yeah, you I know what I'm trying to right. say anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, again, with, with this Corona thing, we'll see. Especially, yeah, as we mentioned, because even in East Africa, um, not all of them, well, the majority of them aren't online. So it's still physically going to the betting shops yeah. and betting. Yeah. So it's like a double-edged sword, that one. Okay, A, there's no sports league for you to even bet on. But B, because it's not online, you can't. You, you're not allowed to leave your house because of this lockdown or social distancing. So it's like, boy, there is really just no way. 
there is there there is no I mean what we have seen is <laughs> I think there's been a look at I mean it's quite sad to be honest but virtual betting so virtual yeah. games <laughs> I think there's been a rise in people betting on that it's just out of boredom really isn't it, it? Is. it, is. Um, it is. but again that's the issue that's in a, I, I'd almost argue that's kind of an addiction if you're betting on a virtual game yeah. which is yeah which goes back into the ethical kind of issues yeah. that we've been discussing um, but talking about virtual games uh, an area that has mm, well coming to prominence a bit more maybe or maybe seeing this as an opportunity is uh, esports yeah um you don't need you don't need to gather well i mean there are big tournaments where people gather but it takes place online at home you watch people do tournaments and some leagues and even clubs have been very very innovative in terms of keeping themselves engaged and occupied and also their fan base, yes. um, like La Liga, they done an esports tournament with certain players representing the clubs, and I think a team, I think it was Brentford, they're in the English Championship on their Twitter page. They invited, I think, seventy two teams to take to 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 get involved in a tournament, a FIFA tournament. So again, that's another way to engage with your audience, and again, it's an opportunity for esports to grow, seen as a chance for like, kind of this is going to be the future and we are already here kind of thing. So positioning themselves as like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been really good. I've seen a lot of companies, clubs take the initiative to kind of use the opportunity to, to grow esports. I mean, I think amongst footballers, to be honest, they train and a lot of them are huge gamers anyway. So yeah. it's a really organic type of mm. um, opportunity that they're, that they're taking advantage of so I know 433 for example is a really popular uh, yeah. I guess Instagram or social media content page they've done a tournament whereby they've got the footballers playing against each other which is really really interesting yeah. and you know again it just keeps the fans engaged during this coronavirus pandemic mm-hmm. or whatever um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we somehow see some type of commercial opportunity perhaps come come from this yeah, um, yeah. you know maybe like clubs having their players play against each other for, for charities mm. or, you know, f- for something. I'm sure there'll be something quite innovative that comes at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree, I agree. Because even, even that, the esports is is a huge market in general, even when regular football is going on because the young demographic, age group and whatnot. But now is an opportunity where you can do it at home, you can engage with people online, online you've got um, uh, a platform such as Twitch, where you can engage and watch things at the same time. So, yeah, they're really ahead of the curve in, in, in for a time like this, to be fair. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, someone like myself, I'm not, I, I've never been a huge gamer, but actually during this pandemic, I thought it's is, is not the right time to buy an Xbox or to buy a PlayStation 4. I'll be, I'll be honest with you, Gabriel. Um, Paul, <laughs> I don't know if you're one. a gamer, if you have a console or... I don't, you know, but I was literally giving it serious thought, saying, can I actually purchase a PS4? I'll just, I'll just buy FIFA and a car racing game and I'll play it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's so... Yeah, that's a yeah. It's too real. I've actually had that fortune. Yeah, I just do it. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, well, depending on how long how long this goes, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we do a podcast in when, when is this? <laughs> we'll do, end we'll of do March. Over end of end of April. Ask me the question again. We'll see. <laughs> exactly. We'll see where we are. Um, but to be fair with you, I, I used to actually watch. Um, 
Football Manager. I used to watch that online. Oh, really? Well, not online. Uh, yeah, on YouTube, yeah. I used to watch... I forgot the person's name now. This was maybe a few years back. But I actually... Yeah, I actually used to watch it often, so... I can see that. I can see. I can see the opportunity. For you can see the appeal. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, and another area actually that has maybe, yeah, events and conferences and whatnot has taken a big, big, big hit. Yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. Of, I mean, of this corona, a big, big hit. Yeah. So there was meant to be the World Football Summit in Durban, South yeah. Africa, which obviously um, was cancelled. Um, That's so tough, man. And yeah, I mean, a lot of planning goes into these events, so it, it's it's a, such a shame to see them, you know, just yeah. be taken away, and with effectively no no real rescheduled date, really, yeah. because because who knows when people are going to pick up again? And even even <laughs> then, it's like, would there be time availability in that schedule? Because I'm sure other events would have been scheduled to take place at the time that you want to go into. So you're coming to an already congested uh, yeah. calendar. And exactly. you find that a lot of delegates have maybe already paid for tickets and they can't get that back because airlines yeah. aren't traveling. So how does mm-hmm. that impact them? Uh, it's, it, it, it's tough, man. It's tough. So, and I know quite a few organizations are looking at virtual um, conferences. Um, yeah. One organization is called uh, I Work in Sport. So they do virtual conferences. It's run by a guy called Zhao Figueiro. Um, okay. They run a, a virtual conference, even outside of this corona pandemic, they run a virtual conference where it's, a, it's, a, it's a like a, yeah, it's a fair where you get loads of clubs and sports organizations talking to people who maybe want to work for them and things like that. There's conferences you can literally go and talk to them it's all virtual it's all online and he has a really good yeah he just has a really good idea and a really good concept on how to build that and i know a few different organizations are looking into that as well and i guess they're doing what they can nothing beats meeting an old friend yeah. or potential client face to face but of course in times like this you have to do what you have to do but yeah a lot of a lot and so of so for those virtual conferences gabriel you know are you charged an entry free entry fee still or yeah so for example it depends on the model so with some it depends on the kpi some is maybe just introductory so you just get your email um and then you sign you sign up and you can attend it and whatnot but with others it's still going to be business as maybe at a discounted rate but they're still going to charge people to actually attend this virtual virtual conference and how interesting question i guess people are just seeing they're really testing the market because with a lot of them it's all brand new um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how maybe people would take that paying for a virtual conference, but because literally just pay for the content. Whereas yeah. content is really good, especially depending on what's being spoken about. But a lot of people are going there to meet others. Exactly, exactly. So, and you're paying that money to go and meet yeah. someone who ordinarily you probably wouldn't have access yeah. to. So yeah, yeah. But I guess there'll be some some way though. Organizations will look at that. Maybe if it's a uh, beforehand, okay, who do you wanna, who do you wanna meet, and then maybe we'll give you a sample of like five people in that sector, their contact details, etc. I don't know, um, but yeah, it's just it's just a time to be innovative and do it the best that you can do and test the waters because everyone is aware now that it's unprecedented time, so people will be trying different things. Some will work, some won't. Yeah, 
exactly yeah we're all gonna have to get innovative yeah man we will do yeah we will. but yeah it's been uh interesting we shall we shall see how we shall see how things progress um and also i think it'll be worth to make a note as well about i think quite a few things have been well sporting wise everything's on lockdown and quite a few nations now have told people to be uh, in self-isolation, but it is important to just be aware of like mental mental health issues too. Yeah, um, for sure. And I think that's why maybe, yeah, like just speaking to people, even esports where you can engage and all that stuff is good for mental health, you know, because I think in sports for too long, it was a place where we don't really talk about that stuff, but now the awareness is growing. So it's just important yes. to, to mention that, you know, and for people who... Are suffering or feeling a bit lonely, then you just reach out to us, reach out to anyone, just you know, just talking. We're isolating, but we don't need to feel isolated. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, it's very important to, to maintain social interaction. Mm. If you have a garden, if you have a balcony, even just stepping outside just to get some, some fresh air also could do you the world of good. Um, and like Gabriel says, reach out to us if you have any questions, if you think we should discuss anything, it'll be great. Yeah. To hear from you, um, and moreover, I mean, more, most importantly, just keep safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wise words to end on, Paul. Appreciate that. And again, thanks for your time. It's always good. Thank you. Always, always, good. always a pleasure. Um, and thank you guys for listening. As Paul said, um, who knows how long we're going to be at home for or in this period. <laughs> so, if you honestly, if you have any topics you want to talk about or any people you reckon we should get in contact with to feature on a podcast then please let us know we um i mean we ain't going too far we're staying at home so let us know and we shall do that but thanks again for listening uh take care stay safe and we shall be back soon thank you guys see you guys take care